It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. That's it. That's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening. They have a plan. I'm not saying it's going to work. It's going to be 100%. But I'm behind the plan. The plan is to get it up to speed where it's really good for a long period of time. But you are what your record is. Sound off like you got a pair. And now. JT, the man to miss the legend. Here's JT the Brick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. JT, a final hour of the week here on a gorgeous hot Friday heading into the weekend. From the studios of Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Great job by Bobby all week long, getting the shows together, up and running, booking the guests, especially this time of year. We're trying to let people have a break from us, have a break from their guest appearances. So we're trying to thread the needle with some guests, some regulars, but uh, give everybody a break before we come back. And then once training camp comes and after training camp, we have our grid together and we'll continue on with the best guests in all of Las Vegas. I really believe that. We work hard at that. We've built a lot of relationships to try to put the best people on the radio, informative, hopefully entertaining, and can get you up to speed for the NFL season. This hour is brought to you by Resorts World, where I was last night having dinner with a bunch of friends in town, including a sports book director. Resorts World. So there's so many great restaurants there. Uh, we had a great time. We went to Eight Cigar Lounge at the end of the night, as always. Wally's, the great wine bar. Fantastic. Had a great night last night. So I went out with five guys. One was a sports book director in town, and they don't actually advertise on this show. So I'll leave his name out of there, but one of the sharp guys in town. And the conversation turned to football. And everybody at the table was pretty well-versed in football. And two guys were from New York who are not Raider fans, a sports book director who's not a Raider fan, myself and another guy who is a Raider fan. So we started talking, and, you know, before we had some cigars, the last conversation we had at the dinner table was about season win totals in the NFL. And I thought this would be a good conversation to share because one of the guys already has loaded up on his season win totals. And we had Bill Krakenberger on, I think, about a week, week and a half ago on this topic and he's got a lot of money and he's a big gambler so he's willing to put some money aside and let it sit all year long to see if he can win on these over-unders on season win totals most people can't do that and make a significant bet because they want to put their money in play every day or every week so they just can't park a couple of thousand dollars and put it aside there maybe getting no return it's just like having your money in a money market fund or getting zero return on your money. And hap- what happens if you lose that bet? So you wait throughout the entire NFL season for a season win total, and then you don't hit it, and all that money could have went to work to win you money in other bets. So you got it. It's a pretty interesting topic here. But the sharp guys are betting these season total wins now at the end of June. And I asked, why at the end of June into July? Because one of the guys said there's going to be injuries in training camp. And hopefully it's not a quarterback. But if a quarterback goes out, and a quarterback gets injured, there's no doubt about it that that could affect the season win total by a game, or it could move it by two games. You know, Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback of all time. Imagine if he went out with the Buccaneers, couldn't start the season, and you had a win total of 11.5 or 12, and Brady doesn't play. You cash that ticket. You know there's no way the Bucs are going to win. But this year we were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, 
and I'm not a trainer or a doctor. People were wondering if he's going to be ready to go. I'm pretty confident he will. And the Raider number is really low. The Raider number is really low. And the New York guys that I was with, one of them already bet the Raiders season win total. So we're working off Caesars Sportsbook. I'm going to give you some of the season win totals. But with the Raiders, it's very interesting here on the flagship because you got six and a half over at FanDuel and then seven and a half, and that's at Caesars Sportsbook. And that's what we were talking about last night. So seven and a half, the Raiders would have to win eight games plus 170, 100 to, you know, 100 to win 170 on this bet. But seven and a half, if it was seven, you got to win eight. If it's seven and a half, you still got to win eight. And we were all talking about how could the Raiders have a couple of books at six and a half. So the number here with the Raiders, the guys that I were with last night recommended betting it now because more and more people are going to see the Raiders and talk about the Raiders. And the second Jimmy Garoppolo comes back and he's healthy at training camp and he's ready to go, then everybody's going to start jumping on the Raiders, including Raider fans. So one of the guys there has a nice number on this bet. And I was like, whoa, really? Because they don't take huge handles on this, but he's all in on the Raiders' season win total of over 7.5. That means the Raiders winning eight games. And I'm not going to give my prediction on how many games the Raiders are going to win probably till the week the season starts here. But the disrespect and the number there, look, Vegas is normally right. That's the sad news about this. If Vegas thinks you're only going to win seven games, Vegas typically gets it right. Now, remember, the hook this year with the Raiders story is last year the Raiders lost five games with double-digit leads. And that being an anomaly, that's not going to happen again. That might never happen in the history of the NFL again, let alone to the Las Vegas Raiders. So Sharps are going to say that's not going to happen again. The Raiders are going to be better in the red zone. The Raiders are going to get better breaks. Remember Hunter Renfro? I thought the Raiders had Arizona beat. Hunter Renfro fumbled when he got hit and concussed. Game ended. That's a fluke. Good hit, good tackle, but that's not going to happen often. So maybe the tide goes back to the Raiders, and that's why you bet the Raiders' season win total. One more thing before I get to the other uh, teams out there. You can bet week one. And this is an important bet, I think, for a lot of Raider fans now, considering the love affair that we're having. I think the number could go up even a little bit more when it comes to the love affair we often talk about with Denver. The line opened up in week one, Denver minus three. Okay, you get three for playing at home. Three-point advantage for playing at home. So it feels like a pick'em game. It looks like a pick'em game to me. I feel like it is going to be a pick'em game here, but I think the Raiders can go and win that game on the road. So that game also came up here, Las Vegas and Denver, week one, and how that game could play out. So it opened up minus three. Now across the board, it's minus three and a half, but there is a minus four. DraftKings has Denver minus four. So I'm not here to promote the DraftKings app. I have other companies we work for. But that number between three and a half and four. Now maybe the Raiders start pounding that number and it comes down a little bit and the game goes off at three. But right now you can bet the Raiders getting three and a half, three in the hook at Denver. And that's a really important game. They're all important, but that's Sean Payton's first game with Russell Wilson. And whatever you think is going to happen with those two together, and I think they're going to get a lot better. I do. I have a lot of respect for Sean Payton, and I always thought Russell Wilson was an elite quarterback. You want to catch them week one. The Raiders have won six out of seven against Denver. They've owned the Denver Broncos, but Denver should be the favorite at home, and I think Raider fans are going to jump on that number and take the Raiders on the money line to win that game outright. So that's one of the games I wanted to throw out you because you can bet week one in the NFL. 
and our friends over at the Superbook at the Westgate, we have Jeff Sherman on all the time. You can go down there and look at these games. They have all the games for the year. You can be sharp and bet some of those games. All right, let's get back to season win totals here. And let me give you a couple of teams here and just say this out loud to yourself. Not to me. If you're in your car, just play the game. If you're in your car, just say over the number or under the number. And I'll go off of Caesars Sportsbook. Dallas Cowboys, season win total, nine and a half. I'll go over that number. Pittsburgh, season win total, nine. Nine is the number on that. Over nine, minus 110. I think Pittsburgh, and we open up against Pittsburgh. It's a home opener for the Raiders. That's going to be a massive game, considering the Raiders are coming off Buffalo. And Buffalo is going to be the toughest game on the schedule this year. I think they got the Pittsburgh number about right. I think they're going to win nine games this year. Mike Tomlin always breaks even. Mike Tomlin always is a guy who's never been under 500. I like Pittsburgh at about nine. Jacksonville, the number over at Caesars is 10. Over 10. I think Jacksonville proved last year winning that playoff game and that comeback. That's right around the number two. Man, these guys are good. You know, for Jacksonville... I think they're trending upwards. That's a team that the Raiders are going to have to compete for. I think in the wild card, if the Raiders have a good year and exceed expectations there. So Jacksonville at 10, that's tough. Uh, I'm going to give Jacksonville credit and go over the number. I think Jacksonville can win 10 games, but you got to win 11 to win the bet. So I don't think you win the bet, but I think Jacksonville wins 10. Seattle, I'm going to mostly stay with AFC teams. Seattle, the number is nine. I'll go under that game. I think that Geno Smith comes back to earth. He had an unbelievable year. San Francisco is ten and a half across the board. 49ers, ten and a half. Caesar Sportsbook, minus 150. This all comes down to Brock Purdy. They got a great roster. Their roster might be the best in all of football. I really do. I think San Francisco's roster, offense, defense, O-line, defensive line, edge rushers, but they got Brock Purdy, and I'm a big believer in regression in year two when he's coming off an injury. But the Niners are too good. I think the Niners will win over 10 and a half games, which is 11. So I like the Niners in the over there. Kansas City, the number's 11 and a half. That means they got to win 12 if you're going to win the bet. Can they win 12 out of 17? Yeah, it pains me to say this. I'd like to see the Raiders clip them for one game, hopefully here at Allegiant Stadium. But I think Kansas City, as of today, goes over the number. The Jets are at nine and a half. This is probably the most intriguing number that we talked about at dinner last night because everybody is buying in and drinking the Aaron Rodgers Kool-Aid. Over nine and a half, minus 145 at the Caesars Sportsbook. I'm going to take the under on that. I think the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, people have Aaron Rodgers potentially taking him to the Super Bowl. Can the Jets win 10 games? Probably, because they got Aaron Rodgers. It's Super Bowl or bust, let alone 10 games. But I think the Jets are kind of jinxed and have a little bit of bad luck. We get the Jets here at Allegiant Stadium. I think the Raiders beat them. I'll go under the Jets. Raiders also play Minnesota. A very hot ticket, wink, wink. Let me just tell you something. That Minnesota Viking ticket is a hot ticket in Vegas. Minnesota, the over, the number is 8.5. I'll take the under on that. Buffalo, 10.5. That means they need to win 11 games, minus 130. I picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl the last two years in a row. Picked them outright to win the Super Bowl. I will not do it again this year, even though their Super Bowl window is open. I'll go Buffalo over 10.5. Colts, 6.5. We talked about the Raider number. Colts at 6.5. I'll take the under. I think the Colts will win about six games. Maybe it's five. Hopefully the Raiders can beat them. Detroit, another team that the Raiders are playing. This is a popular pick for popular people. 
lot of people love the way Detroit ended last year, knocking Green Bay out of a postseason chance. Their number is nine and a half with Dan Campbell and Detroit and Jared Goff. My gut tells me that Detroit is trending upwards, but that number's pretty high. Remember, you got to win 10 in a 17-game schedule. Do you have Detroit making the playoffs? If you do, then take the over and say they're going to win 10. Uh, Raiders play Detroit. I'll take the under. I think they win nine games. They don't go over the total. Here we go with the Chargers. Caesar Sportsbook has the Chargers currently at 9.5 minus 130. I think a lot of people are going to bet the over on this. At this time every year, June into July, the Chargers, the love fest of the Chargers begin. Again, I'm hoping I root against the Chargers, as you know. I hope the Chargers don't go over that number. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers won 10 games. I'll leave it at that. Atlanta at 8.5. More wins than the Raiders. Really? The Atlanta Falcons? Have you seen them play? I'll take the under on that. Raiders play at the Bears. Season win total, 7.5. They got to win 8 to go over the total. I'll take the under with the Chicago Bears. Carolina breaking in a brand new quarterback who's really good. And Bryce Young, I like him a lot. Season win total, 7.5 minus 120. I'll take the under on that. Green Bay comes to Las Vegas for Monday Night Football with Jordan Love in his first year. Their total number is 7.5. Same as the Raiders. They play each other. That game could define everything. I got the Raiders winning that game. Green Bay under the total there. Big blue wrecking crew. The Giants come to Allegiant Stadium this year. Projected to win. About the same amount of games as the Raiders. Season win total 7.5 minus 110. I think the Giants, who made the playoffs last year, Go over that. I think the Giants are an 8, 9, 10-win team. They go over that number. Miami, Raiders at Miami. This is a big one. A lot of people, including a sharp I was with last night, has this already, has the ticket, Miami over the number. Miami, 9.5 season win total minus 110. I think that number's good. I think that number's good. I think Miami's good enough to win 10 games. I love their offense. It's going to take a Herculean effort for the Raiders to win that game, especially the Raiders' defense to stop the Dolphins. Arizona's in the tank. Their season win total is 4.5, minus 115. They won't see Kyler Murray for a while. Do I think they can win five games? Yeah, I do. I think they can win five games. I'll go over the number on that one. Uh, quickly, we'll go to Washington. Uh, season win total, 6.5. Even right there, uh, Washington plays in the tough division. They're in the NFC East. I think Washington's a little bit better than that with Jack Del Rio, former Raider head coach, Ron Rivera. I like Washington to win about seven games. I'll take the over there. New England and Bill Belichick, seven and a half. New England, seven and a half in this game. Man, tough to pick against Belichick, not winning eight games. Raiders play him here. I'll go they win eight games. Uh, we mentioned Denver, their season win total, eight and a half. Denver's good. You know, they're going to be better with Sean uh, Payton and Russell Wilson, but the Raiders are fighting a life-and-death battle with them. That means they have to win nine games. I'll take the under on that. Eight and a half's a really good number to be set there. I don't think Denver's a 10-win team. They could win nine, and that's why this is going to be hotly contested. Baltimore, nine and a half is the number there. Lamar Jackson is back. They're always good. I love their defense. I think that number's set perfectly here. Uh, there is 10.5 also out there. That means they have to win 11. So that number's fluctuating there. I'll go under for Baltimore there. The Rams, 6.5. Uh, I'll stay 
over on that because the Rams are a pretty good team. Philadelphia, 11.5. That means they have to win 12. I'll take the under. Their schedule is brutal. Same with Cincinnati. 11.5 for Cincinnati. I don't believe Cincinnati wins 12 games. I don't think they win 12. Take the under there. Tennessee, 7.5. Yeah, they go over that number. Houston, 6.5. They go under. Derek Carr. Ooh, ooh. Derek Carr, FanDuel, 9.5. Caesar Sportsbook, 9.5. I think New Orleans will win 10 games with Derek, not because Derek's going to dominate. Derek's a very good player. I just think they're going to feast on that division. That's going to be right there at the number. I think New Orleans over 9.5. Cleveland's 9.5. I think that number is too high still with Deshaun Watson. They'll go under. And Tampa Bay without Tom Brady, 6.5. I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. I think they can win seven games, Tampa Bay. I think Baker Mayfield is going to be playing for his life. So that's some of the season win totals here. Bet with your wallet, not with your head. All right, when we come back, we're going to get really serious for a moment. And please, please listen because it's really important. Two friends are coming in studio, and one is one of my best friends. She's a widow. She's the widow of a police officer who took his life. And there's a new foundation set up that I'm going to be a part of, and it means a lot to me. And I wanted to have this conversation. They're coming in studio. I think it'll have a really big impact on your life. If you're going through any difficult time in your life, you got to hear this story and how better times hopefully will be ahead. But this is one that uh, is going to be tough for me coming up next. Two friends in studio, including a really good friend of mine, a woman who's one of the strongest people I know who lost her husband before Christmas because he took his life as a retired police officer. We're going to share that story, and we're going to raise awareness as we continue. Friday, heading into the 4th of July weekend, JT, you're listening to Raider Nation Radio. to Raider Nation Radio as we continue today and we're going to have an inspiring conversation that I think is going to help a lot of people. Uh, one of my good friends, Rich Schmidt, Schmitty, lost his life recently before Christmas. His widow, his wife, one of my best friends, MJ Maynard's in studio with us along with his former partner, Tom Wagner. And first off, thanks for coming in studio. Great to see you, MJ. It's always great to see you. And any opportunity to talk about Schmitty, um, is a is a good day for me. Wags, good to see you. You Schmitty was one of your best friends and your partner. Thanks for coming in studio. Uh, it's you know it's an honor to be here and and to have uh, you and the public uh, pick up on the foundation and our goals uh, for the years to come. Um, I think they're going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, and I think this is something that I'm so passionate about, and I want my audience to hear how passionate we all are. MJ, let's start out talking about. What happened to Rich? What happened before Christmas? How it's changed everybody's lives and what we're doing about it? You know, it's, um, I, I find myself, you know, uh, sometimes it's, uh, to talk, just to talk about it uh, brings back um, a lot of the, uh, the pain just losing Rich. Uh, uh, so Rich Schmidt, what can I say about one of the best guys that I've ever met? He uh, grew up in Minnesota. He worked two years as a, at the Minneapolis Park Police, and then he and uh, Tom uh, came out to Las Vegas together and, uh, and joined the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. 
and Rich was uh, with with Metro for 26 years. He was, uh, I, I call him a, a humanitarian. That's the kind of police officer he was because um, it, he really believed uh, that he was serving the public. I mean, it wasn't just a tagline. It was something that drove his passion for what he, what, for what he did. And um, he was a field training officer for the first 10 years of his career at Metro. And then uh, he was the guy on the motorcycle. So he's, he was in traffic, uh, tough job. Um, you know, I think sometimes we Rich and I were together about 25 years. Um, uh, we have a son, Quinn, who uh, lives here in Las Vegas, is 32. And um, I, uh, you know, it, it, it takes me back to, you know, Rich retired. So I, I do want to say that <clears throat> if you ask any police officer around the United States, if you ask them about this fact, they all know it. And that is that if you work as a police officer, if you work your full 30 years or more, your chances of dying within the first five years is greater than the general population. And, and they all know that. Uh, and so many of them look forward to getting out at maybe a 20 years or 25 years. And as Rich was approaching his, uh, his he was in his 26th year, he thought, you know what, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to retire. And um, he's still relatively young, right? Um, yeah. Only 50. And so he, he retired. And I think the first year he was very happy uh, to, to be out of the heat, to kind of, you know, reclaim his life. Uh, but I think, I think it's very hard for people to leave a career, but I think it's it's even harder for uh, a police officer or maybe a firefighter, somebody that's, or, or somebody in the military, right? You've worn that mil- you've worn that uniform, you have a, a badge, a gun, you, you get out there, and, and you really are serving and protecting the public. And the things that I that I you know, I think it, when Rich retired um, over the course of the eight and a half years that he was retired before he took his life, uh, I think he lost his sense of purpose and identity because he wasn't, again, he didn't have that armor on, you know, sort of this metaphor, this armor mm-hmm. where he could sort of push down how he was feeling. And I think, uh, I, I remember sometimes Rich would come home and tell me just the, some of the horrendous things that he had seen or experienced. And I was always, I remember, I mean, I get, I get, you know, just, uh, I, I can barely watch a dog commercial on TV, and he's seen these things. I think sometimes we, you know, is is a police officer running into a, a bullet every day? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, you can go up to a car stop. You don't know what's going to happen. But the things that you see, and as a traffic officer, you know, to see a, you know, a, a young child get, you know, killed or run over. I mean, it just, it, it, it's a it's lot. It's hard to it's, see every right. day. Right. And, and I think, and I'll have Tom really, sh- sh- is certainly more, uh, you know, he, the expert here because he was a police officer for a long time to talk about I think you're just supposed to you're just supposed to just get over it my husband was a was a you know you know um he was a big guy a real uh, gym guy very big very fit exactly. very outgoing that's right sports everything yeah very outgoing but in the course of his retirement I saw his world get smaller I saw he, he developed a health anxiety uh, he just he was he was not himself, and particularly in the last uh, probably year of his life, and um, and on December seventeenth, twenty twenty two, he took uh, some guns out of our house, and um, he he drove uh, to a, a location in Henderson and, and took his own life, and uh, you know the world lost a, a wonderful man. I lost uh, the, the best guy that I've ever known. Uh, my son lost a great dad. Uh, the community lost a 
really tremendous police officer. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it was how do how do I honor his life and and how do you bring to the surface? You know, it's a lot of people don't want to talk about suicide. Uh, the night that Rich uh, took his own life, he he <clears throat> he did that in the Henderson area but because he'd been with Metro for so long. Uh, they sent over uh, somebody from the police department on behalf of Metro. It was very nice. And the woman at the time that was running PEEP, that stands for Police Employee Assistance Program, uh, she shared with my son and I that night that in the eight years that she had been in this role with PEEP, that 30 to 40 police officers had tried to take their own life here in Southern Nevada in the last eight years. Five were successful, one being Schmitty. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> sorry. So I, I think that ensuring that what we do with the foundation is bringing to the surface, to the light, that suicide needs to be talked about, what uh, the, the PTSD and the things that happen when uh, police officers just are supposed to shake it off. And, and I think there's got to be a, a, an opportunity to really reach out to those retired officers. You know, you, you, you do yeah. years and years of service to your community, and then, and then you're done, and you're just, I, I, maybe kind of forgotten. And I don't know if that's – it's really not – intentional but that's just how, how it is well we're talking about the foundation and the launch which you've already started wags i want to jump in with you and hear more about schmitty's life and what it was like to be a partner with him and how prevalent this was in your life to know that officers were having problems you seem and you are a lot of people know you who are listening to me how successful you've been since you've been off the beat here and you have another successful business and a lot of friends, what didn't you see from Schmitty at that time? What could we have seen, or is it just impossible to see it? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, you know, we moved here from Minnesota, two big goofballs, uh, Midwest boys come to the big city, and uh, we were just blessed to get hired by Las Vegas Metro and one of the best organizations back then, I believe now, Um you know, uh, the the job ends up defining you. And as you go, you know, we'd log on every night. We'd go get a sub. We'd look, overlook the city, and we are just looked at each other. And we were blessed to be in this great town and, and uh, serving this great community. And then as you go on in life, um, you know, you figure out where, where you place yourself. And I went one route, and Rich went the other route. And when MJ talks about his field training service, that's that was his heart, helping those new guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it for a short time. wasn't my glitch. So I got promoted and moved on. And Rich really found that value of helping those guys. And everybody that I've talked to since uh, that was trained by Rich was affected by his tenacity, his unwillingness to let a case go. I remember early on in our career, we'd go call to call to call, and, and I'd say, hey, Rich, let's go. And he's like, no, no, we need to you know, help X person out. And my mentality was, well, we got to get on to the next call and help the Nexus. And his was, no, let's figure this out from A to Z and see that final reward piece. And that was a unique thing. As a field, field training officer, uh, he brought value to this department. And then he really emphasized it when he went to motors uh i was in motors with him i ended up getting run over and and left the detail and and rich was one of those great guys that uh you know he's he you would have a case where it was a hit and run and all the victim had was three digits of that plate 
Sure enough, that guy he would he would work it till the end, <laughs> yeah. where he would figure out what that the other three digits were, and him and Troy or him and Monty or him and whoever, uh, you know, they'd go out and figure it out, and by the end of the day, they had the guy in custody and and solved the case, and and I, I you know heard all those stories during Rich's services. Um, and so as we progress in our career, like MJ spoke about, that armor really defines you. You talk about my afterlife with Metro. Yes, I'm blessed, but that affects you mm-hmm. in you know every different way of every officer. So I got busy because I had two kids that played sports, one that went on and played professionally. So I had an outlet. Uh, and MJ's right, man. He was happier than a pig in mud when he first retired. Their cabin, their you know, uh, teaching Quinn how to lift, and and their travels, and and their sports love. Um, and so, as those things continued to move on year after year, uh, you know, it was just a, a little less of the regular Schmitty, the the, the guy that. You, you could know. notice that he yeah. wasn't the same. Yeah, and you know, little just, bit at a time, little yeah, bit at a time, little bit at a time, and and you know, sometimes we make excuses that we're not, we're too busy to get to coffee or to lunch or ride our Harleys, um, and so. But I also think, and, and Tom's exactly right. I, but I do think, you know, when you wear that that gun, that badge, you know, that, that you're that police officer and you're out there protecting the community. I don't think Rich knew how to say. You know, you're supposed to be t- strong and tough, and you, you keep your emotions in check. Just push, push them way down. And and I don't think that, it's, and even for um, I, in that, you know, to be a police officer, it's like, you know, there's a there's a lot of I don't want to say macho, but it's it's you're, you know, you're strong. You're supposed to be mentally tough, and so it there's not a lot of safe space, or it's very uncomfortable to say I'm not feeling well, or I'm having uh, you know I, I'm sad, or I'm depressed, and. I think for for Schmitty, it was you know he uh, he, he got a little more a um, little more irritable. I mean, there's things now that I would certainly, if I had a chance to talk to a spouse of a police officer, I, you know, I would share some things to sort of watch for because I I can now look back and say, okay, now I understand why he was acting that way because he was really in a lot of pain and didn't know how to say it because when you are that police officer, even when you retire, it still defines who you are, and, and you're not supposed to show a lot of emotions. We're talking about fallen police officer Rich Schmidt. MJ's here to talk about the foundation here on Raider Nation Radio. So the last time I saw Schmitty was at a PT's event, mm-hmm. and he pulled me aside and he was talking about the cabin. You have a beautiful cabin. And he was telling me about how he had to paint one side because the sun was on that side most. And we were talking about the Golden Knights. And this is the run-up. We never thought it. He loved the Golden yes, Knights. <laughs> and Wags, you're wearing a Golden Knights crest as you come in studio. And when I talked to him the last time, he's one of the best guys I've ever met. His energy was always high. Whenever we came into a group, it was always our group of about 8 to 10 people. Your iconic career over at the Hard Rock before RTC and everything you're doing in your life, he always wanted to talk about your success, but I always brought it back to him in an interview way. How you doing? What's going on? And I'm telling you, for our listeners, he would almost come through me with excitement about Quinn, the Golden Knights, the cabin, the dogs, animals, <laughs> everything. And I would always tell Julie on the ride home, I go, Schmitty's unbelievable. We need to see him more. Yeah. You know, Wags, we need him in our life more. He was in your life. So as we talk about the launch of the foundation now, 
What can we all do? Because I talk about this often with football players. There's a lot of football players that have CTE. A lot of football players I knew in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, now in their 70s, they don't recognize me because of CTE. They're getting depressed. Something different than what happened with Schmitty here. But the launch of the foundation, Wags, what does it mean to you who has influence in this town so we can get it up and running and really benefit others? Yeah. Um, so kind of a unique perspective of how that kind of all happened. Um, I wake up the next morning, um, you know, just really a heavy heart. And yeah, I can't have, imagine. Have my prayer time. Um, and then <laughs> I see his badge number, 3630. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking, okay, God, what's that mean to you? What You know, 3630. And and then it clicked. I was like, wait a minute, that 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 badge was his life. So how do we honor that now in a unique way to respect the officers that were affected by, you know, what we're going through? And then also, how do we put a legacy piece on that badge number? So I go over to MJ's house that next morning and uh, I set her and Quinn down. I said, hey, I just got to talk to you guys. I really have something heavy on my heart and I, and I need your guys' buy-in because this can't be me. Um, you know, this was your awesome husband. This was your awesome dad. Um, so I've, I've got a little something to present to you. And I said, in in, uh, in their bedroom or in their uh, office that she put up as kind of, you know, for the years after Rich retired, um, there was great pieces up there, all of his old squads, uh, him in uniform, when he proposed to her at the Hard Rock. I mean, just yeah. a great piece. And I said, uh, 3630 Foundation's got to mean something, um, and I want you guys to buy into this. And they both looked at me and said, let's do it. And so really, 3630 is our badge numbers. Mine was 3629. And I told the story real quick. That's incredible. Uh, One yeah. number apart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll well, have to tell you because it was kind of a sticking point for Smitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we come from Minnesota together, and yeah. I just happened to walk through the room before him. And so my badge number is 3629. His is 3630. If you know anything about Rich Schmidt, he's one of the smartest guys you will know. Uh, he sh definitely should have been a sergeant on our department, but he finished the test too quick, left one Scantron answer uh, empty, and ended up getting a 70-something. I ended up getting a 90. He should have gotten a 100 after we went back and looked at the Scantron. He had not missed one single question until he skipped one and was going to come back to it. And I said to Rich as he was walking out, I said, are you done? He's like, yeah, aced it. Sure enough, the big knucklehead left one Scantron <laughs> empty and never promoted from that day. But the reason I say, uh, you know, how smart he was is because we'd go into the academy every morning. He would drive and quiz me. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, to be honest with you. This guy, he was a uh, hey, Wags, what's 406? What's the definition of this? What's And he had him down. And he was, he's the reason I graduated from Las Vegas Metro Police Academy, 100%. Um, and so the guy was brilliant. The guy uh, knew how to test, knew how to apply it to every day, was just remarkable on, on that end of it. So, um, and so for he, uh, Rich, it was funny when Tom said, well, Rich thought he should be 3629 because <laughs> he had helped him through you know the academy. And so they used to laugh about that. But uh, Tom said it came to me, the 3630... 
foundation sounds a lot better than the 3629 foundation. <laughs> so 3630 does sound a little bit right? easier. Right, right. So, MJ, what gets me emotional here is, I mean, this is a guy that I knew my whole life in other walks of life. Mm -hmm. I grew up with my high school buddies. I was a president of fraternity. I know a lot of people in Vegas through the Raiders. I've known a lot of Schmitties, but he's at the top of the list. You know what I mean? When you, when you know a guy wags like Schmitty, and I was planning on spending the next 20, 30 years of my life with him right. because I just expected him to be around. Right. And I think as we wrap this up and we get more into the details of the foundation, what could you tell other wives and other partners out there that are going through this type of pain? Because you're grieving now, and I know the jobs you have and the friends you have. Everybody's just surrounding you, trying to help you through this. What will you tell others now on how to get through this if it happens to them? Or maybe more importantly, those warning signs that you talked about where men like myself and other men just don't ask for help. They might not think they need help until it's too late. Yeah, and that's I'm glad you bring that up because I think not everybody's going to show that their their emotions in the same way the the um, uh, you know whether it's uh, depression or it's the or I think if there's any change in the behavior, uh, it's it's worth having a a, a a conversation. But even more importantly, it's ensuring that you're you're surrounding your husband or wife with their friends, with family, uh, because I think Rich he became um, again his world got very small and he was by himself a lot. So any anytime you see a change in behavior, um, because it, it may not just be what someone thinks if someone's depressed, they think they're going to be withdrawn and they're going to be sad. Uh, Rich was he got a little you know short tempered. Uh, he 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 withdrew only to himself. Mm -hmm. If anybody came in the room or he, like if we saw you out, you know he was still you know a very outgoing guy. But you just really have to kind of look for those a change in just the overall behavior that, you, that you know, uh, and even this health anxiety that he developed, I think, uh, you know, he shared he was, he was concerned about his own mental health at the end of it, very end of his life. Uh, but we, I just sort of assumed that was related to his, the health anxiety. But it's, it's, it is staying connected to any change in any change, any change of behavior. And it's okay to say, let's, hey, let's get some therapy. You know, Wags, as we wrap this up, it's interesting. I tied into the military, football players, athletes, yeah. police officers like yourself. The connection it truly makes with me is you're defined, but you're not really defined by your job. You know, I'm defined by this job, which means nothing to me compared to my friends, my family, my wife mm -hmm. and kids. But people define me for this guy on the radio. And that's nothing compared to being a police officer or a firefighter or someone in the military, someone who really makes a huge difference protecting and serving. So I can't imagine what you've been going through losing such a friend, a best friend, but trying to help others. And how do you feel like the foundation will help others along the way? What do we want to do with the website, raising money with golf tournaments, having banquets in the name of Schmitty to make sure this grows his legacy? Yeah, so, uh, you know, everybody knows, or maybe people don't know, 22 veterans take their lives every day. More officers kill themselves after their careers than they do die in the line of duty. We just lost another officer four days ago to suicide, uh, who is a great guy in, in Vegas. Um, so when you, when you talk about what that piece looks like, um, I think that we have to, because Las Vegas Metro's with the new leadership, Kevin McMahill's done a great job in developing what he's going to call a mental health awareness program. 
And so he's really bought into the retirees. You know, Kevin will tell the story that when he left the department as the undersheriff, the number two guy in charge, the next day he couldn't get into his own building. And so he he took a step back and he's like, what are we doing? How do we embrace our retirees? So two months ago, he had the first ever retiree breakfast. 257 of us showed up. Amazing. We have a problem. We need to connect our retirees. So Kevin's really brought that on board, and and, uh, we're going to be – Part of that found or part of that organization now, um, thirty six thirty will help bring in uh, psychologists, sociologists, whoever you need. We're going to help pay for that service to make sure that officers don't have a waiting period. So really, that waiting period is what police officers, I think, look at and go, "Wait a minute, you can't help me now. I helped you when you needed it, and now I have to wait two weeks to go see somebody." And within those two weeks, what happens? You know, maybe he or she takes his life. So we want to cut that down to where if if an officer or retiree calls our department or notifies one of us that they need help, we're going to have those um, psychologists, sociologists, counselors that are going to be trained in law enforcement. Because you can't walk into a room and, and have that um, counselor say, wow, what a great career. You know, tell me more. No, I want to sit there and talk about me and what I need now. Uh, so we're going to, uh, with the funds that we're raising, mm-hmm. uh, we had a great GoFundMe that h- helped us kick this off. But like you talked about, golf tournament, gala, how do we connect with our community uh, and, and make that happen? So there's going to be some great things happening. MJ, wrapping it up, I love you. We all love you. <laughs> um, everybody in town I know has really a big connection with you so whatever we can do here at lotus broadcasting raider nation radio all of our stations here are flagships uh you know me i'm really going to get behind this <laughs> along with our friends i really want to make this a big part of my life wags and getting involved with this emceeing events for you doing whatever we can do to raise money and raising awareness for this because we lost Schmitty too soon we did and uh we need to keep his legacy alive and on top of keeping his legacy alive, we're going to save lives. That's exactly right. And that's that. That's it. Um, that's the way to honor to honor Spitty. Thanks for coming in studio. Thanks Thank for having you. us. More coming up on Raider Nation Radio. We're wrapping it up, JT's final segment as we get out of here for 4th of July week, a long 4th of July. I think a lot of people around the country love when the 4th of July is set up early in a week. If you can get it on a Monday or Tuesday, almost feels like the country feels like, hey, let's take a couple extra days off, kind of recap, enjoy the summer. Have a great 4th of July. We have a kind of best of show, some of the interviews that we've done this year. We're going to throw that in, and then Doug's going to be in for me coming up on the 5th. We'll be back live on the 7th of July, uh, which is going to be, no, excuse me, the 6th of July, which is going to be a big show. That's when we're going to kick off our Raider Nation radio, all-time Raiders team. And a lot's going into this, and I don't know how it's going to sound. I think it's going to be really good because a lot of people I talk to want to talk about this topic. The Raiders all-time team. Coming up there, as we get into it and we come back and we're here on the 6th, we'll we'll open it up with the offensive line. We'll tell you what our parameters are. No rules. No rules. We're going to have a lot of fun with it, but some parameters on how many players per each position, and we'll go down that road. 
One of the things I wanted to say again, as we mentioned it yesterday, the NFL suspending the four players yesterday for gambling violations got me thinking. I was out with a bunch of gamblers last night, as I said. I was talking about sports gambling. And the hypocrisy has never been this high. First off, I don't believe that athletes in any sport should be allowed to gamble on their sport at any time. By the time you come into the sport, this is college, this is college, and to the pros, you should not be allowed to gamble on the sport you play. I think most people would agree with me on that. Even the diehard gamblers would say, yeah, it makes sense. You know, you're a college basketball player, you're an NBA player, you shouldn't be allowed to bet on your sport until you're done and you retire. And then once you become a civilian and you're no longer a celebrity athlete, you can do whatever the hell you want. And you'll probably have a lot of money to do it, and you'll probably lose a lot of money if you start gambling at an aggressive pace. Everyone does. Everyone does. So the athletes have more money. They're not focused. They're focused on their health and their fitness and other things. They're not focused on being sharp and being a great gambler. But for Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry of the Colts and free agent Demetrius Taylor, for those to be suspended indefinitely, the wrath of the NFL came down on them. And that's what happens. Nicholas... Petit Friere, also from the Tennessee Titans, he's going to be suspended for six games for betting on other sports at the workplace. I pointed that out, the six rules. Just don't, when you get to a facility and you're an athlete, you're going to look at your phone when you're sitting in the locker. You get out of the shower before you go to practice. Yeah, you look at your phone. Maybe your wife called you. Maybe your kids are calling you. It's important. But you shouldn't be opening up your gambling app, and you shouldn't be making bets and texting bets and doing all that. If you're stupid enough to do that, you're going to lose your job, or you're going to lose it in the short term. And I don't think there's nothing short-term about losing it for a year. The activity is about online sportsbook accounts. That's it. What's happening now here, so delete it. That's all you got to do. Sources familiar, this is from yesterday from ESPN, on the online sportsbook account used by Rogers, told ESPN's David Purdom on Thursday that upwards of 100 bets were placed including at least one wager on a game involving his team, the Colts. A source told ESPN that friends of Rodgers who were in Florida encouraged him to place many of the wagers, the majority of which were in the $25 to $50 range. Legal sports betting was not available in Florida this past football season. The largest wager placed on the account was a $1,000 prop bet on the over-under of rushing yards by a Colts running back, which won. What a shame. Rodgers is 25 years old. He acknowledges situation on social media. He takes full responsibility. So the way to wrap this up is just don't bet. Take a time out from the age of 23 to 33 or 24 to 34. Stop. Just delete the apps. Don't do it. The whole world is doing it. You don't have to. You're a professional athlete here. And the NFL is coming down hard on this. And I think the NFL is getting some positive vibes on this because they're proactive. And the NFL hates bad news, right? We've still been talking about Daniel Snyder. When's the conclusion of this Daniel Snyder story that involves John Gruden and the Raiders and Coach Gruden losing his job and Bruce Allen, uh, former president of the Redskins at the time, now the Commanders. There's still some massive stories out there that the NFL doesn't want you talking about today. They don't want you even thinking about it. But the gambling, they're getting in front of it because they know they have to be in front of it because if something really huge happens, I'm talking monstrous, the NFL wants to know and they want to have some good faith going in that they're doing the right thing. That's it. They want to make sure 
no doubt about it, that they're showing fans that they're serious about gaming and the gambling of players on the sport. And I think that's very important. Roger Goodell, like him or not, is a really sharp guy. Hey, heading into the 4th of July, I want to thank our proud partners. Listen to this, theblackhole.com. Sign up and be a member. They do so much for the show. Our callers, our listeners, a nice chunk of them are from the Black Hole. want to thank the whole entire team there. Our great friends at Modelo. Have a bucket of Modelo and enjoy it, everybody. Sit back, kick back like I do. I have that bucket of Modelo's. On Friday, I'll be able to do that at the Castaverde Law Group. Thanks a lot to those guys. They're fantastic. Orlando and Alex DeCastaverde, 702-222-9999. Golden Entertainment, PTs, they fuel the monologue, as we've been telling you. Exciting to be associated with them, especially as they're proud partners of VGK. Las Vegas events. And all of our friends who are with us for the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, proud to partner up with them. Grimaldi's. The best pizza I've ever had. Michael E. Minden, my personal diamond jeweler. If you're looking for any type of jewelry, stop. Go see Michael E. Minden. Tell him JT sent you Fashion Show Mall, the second store there. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. We love Remy Martin, the botanist gin. We promote that a lot. A lot coming up through the summer. Cool and refreshing. And our great friends at Resorts World, Scott Savella's Vision for sports and gaming right there at Resorts World. That's where you'll find me at the 8 Cigar Lounge. Uh, Some of our partners here, and we appreciate all of them. Fantastic. They give me the opportunity to talk to you every day on the radio. Please do business with them along the way. We would greatly appreciate it. Plus our new partners that are going to be coming on board also. So we are ready to go. We are ready to roll. And I want you to have a great 4th of July when we come back on the 6th. Raider Nation Radio's all-time Raiders team. We're going to have a blast. Be safe over the holiday. JT, have a great one.